Here was Lavinia's opportunity. Ah, yes, your royal highness, she said. We are princesses, I believe. At least one of us is. The school ought to be very fashionable now Miss Minchin has a princess for a pupil. Sarah started toward her. She looked as if she was going to box her ears. Perhaps she was. Her trick of pretending things was the joy of her life. She never spoke of it to girls she was not fond of. Her new pretend about being a princess was very near to her heart, and she was shy and sensitive about it. She had meant it to be rather a secret, and here was Lavinia deriding it before nearly all the school. She felt the blood rush up into her face and tingle in her ears. She only just saved herself. If you were a princess, you did not fly into rages. Her hand dropped, and she stood quite still a moment. When she spoke, it was in a quiet, steady voice. She held her head up, and everybody listened to her. It's true, she said. Sometimes I do pretend I am a princess. I pretend I am a princess so that I can try and behave like one. Lavinia could not think of exactly the right thing to say. Several times she had found that she could not think of a satisfactory reply when she was dealing with Sarah. The reason for this was that somehow the rest always seemed to be vaguely in sympathy with her opponent. She saw now that they were pricking up their ears interestedly. The truth was, they liked princesses, and they all hoped they might hear something more definite about this one, and drew nearer Sarah accordingly. Lavinia could only invent one remark, and it fell rather flat. "'Dear me,' she said, "'I hope when you ascend the throne you won't forget us.' "'I won't,' said Sarah, and she did not utter another word, but stood quite still and stared at her steadily as she saw her take Jessie's arm and turn away. After this, the girls who were jealous of her used to speak of her as Princess Sarah whenever they wished to be particularly disdainful, and those who were fond of her gave her the name among themselves as a term of affection. No one called her Princess instead of Sarah, but her adorers were much pleased with the picturesqueness and grandeur of the title, and Miss Minchin, hearing of it, mentioned it more than once to visiting parents, feeling that it rather suggested a sort of royal boarding school. To Becky it seemed the most appropriate thing in the world. The acquaintance begun on the foggy afternoon when she had jumped up, terrified from her sleep in the comfortable chair, had ripened and grown, though it must be confessed that Miss Minchin and Miss Amelia knew very little about it. They were aware that Sarah was kind to the scullery maid, but they knew nothing of certain delightful moments snatched perilously when the upstairs rooms being set in order with lightning rapidity, Sarah's sitting-room was reached, and the heavy coal box set down with a sigh of joy. At such times stories were told by installments, Things of a satisfying nature were either produced and eaten, or hastily tucked into pockets to be disposed of at night, when Becky went upstairs to her attic to bed. "'But I has to eat em careful, miss,' 
she said once, "'cause if I leaves crumbs, the rats come out to get em. "'Rats!' exclaimed Sarah in horror. "'Are there rats there?' "'Lots of em, miss,' answered in quite a matter-of-fact manner. "'They're mostly as rats and mice in attics. "'You gets used to the noise they make scuttling about. "'I got so I don't mind em so long as they don't run over me pillar.' Ugh, said Sarah. You gets used to anything after a bit, said Becky. You have to miss if you're born a scullery maid. I'd rather have rats and cockroaches. So would I, said Sarah. I suppose you might make friends with a rat in time, but I don't believe I should like to make friends with a cockroach.